0: Welcome, everybody, back to your normal, abnormal schedule. It is Tuesday, March 21st, 2023. Welcome to episode number 327 Wow, of Simply Cyber's Daily Cyber Threat Briefing. I'm your host, Dr. Gerald Osher. just coming hot off of teaching this morning. And in the next 45 minutes, me, you, Ken Pryor, James McQuiggan, my man, James McQuiggan, Cyber Munchkin, that's unfortunate, Harish Kumar, Rusty Shackleford and so many more of the Simply Cyber community are going to be covering the top cybersecurity news stories of the day. And I'll be providing my expert opinion and analysis on each of those stories on what it means to you as a practitioner. Or if you're looking to break into the industry, we got you covered. You absolutely be asked in an interview, how do you stay current at cybersecurity? And this will be a great answer. Hey, Jojo, good to see you. Guys, Give me five seconds to, uh, <laughs> give me five seconds to close my door. All right, we're going to have a great show for you today. But before we get into it, I do want to say shout out and thanks to the stream sponsor, starting with Barricade Cyber Solutions. Barricade Cyber Solutions is dedicated to helping businesses from cyber attacks and recover from the damage done. Eric Taylor knows what's going on. Cyber attacks can cause massive issues for businesses and send dedicated, hardworking business owners into turmoil. But Barricade Cyber Solutions knows how to mitigate the damage done by cyber incidents. Check them out at barricadecyber.com. You can go to their website, which I have on screen right here. Scroll down to the bottom. Tucked away, nestled in the corner is Eric Taylor's calendar, which basically means you can get on Eric Taylor's calendar. Schedule a meeting with Eric, CEO, President of Barricade Cyber Solutions, also lead investigator. So if you call Barricade Cybers to help you guys out with a a cyber incident, Eric's gonna be the guy working it. Uh, Get on their call. And uh, talk about what it would look like. You know, guys, it might be worthwhile having the phone call with them, setting up some disabled accounts in your environment so Eric can, in, a, in his team, Casually Joseph, all of them, can be very quick to act on a, a cyber incident on your behalf instead of going through, like, account creation while active compromise is happening. Also want to say shout-out to panopti Security, Brandon Poole's group out of South Carolina, wonderful company, willing to work, really anywhere, it doesn't have to be South Carolina. But what one of the things that Brandon does, among other things, is quantified risk assessment, which is a powerful evidence-based um, assessment methodology that will give your business visibility into how much uh, risk you're actually being exposed to. And more importantly, and this is where uh, the business loves it, how much investing in certain technology, certain resources, certain staff, what that investment, what your return will be on actual risk reduction. So you can say, oh, hey, we're about 30% uh, of risk exposure right now. And if we invest $10,000, we can get it down to 25%. But if we invest just $12,000, just $2,000 more, we can get it down to 14% risk exposure. You feel me? This is the power of quantified risk assessments. Contact Panopsi.com. Links in the description below. Also, much loved XM Cyber, but we will be talking about them a little bit later in the show, so stay with us. Uh, I want to remind everybody that each episode of the Simply Cyber Daily Cyber Threat Brief is worth half a CPE, so be sure to say what's up in chat, maybe take a screen cap if you will. This is an instructor-led webinar, um, and that's why, in my opinion, it qualifies. Uh, We are covering the topics um, relative to the industry. It's going to be good. Now, if you are... um, here i want to say thank you i know it's tough with the thursday tuesday thursday 10 a.m starts 128 of you here right now welcome 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 drop a hashtag team live in chat like mike b just did and raymond cruz and say hello hey jester 4256 good to see you my friend um if you're watching on replay hello from the past (laughs) it's pretty good here um Hashtag Team Replay in the comments. I see all the comments all the time. I love engaging with you guys in the comments. Hashtag Team Replay. Replay people are people too. Also, much love to the elusive Team Hybrid who show up late and double X speed through the um, the show to get up to Team life. We love you Team Hybrid people. Or, we love you Team Hybrid people. Right? To, to uh, talk really fast. And then my favorite group. Hashtag Passive Observer networking is so valuable in our industry y'all so if you're not networking because you're a little intimidated imposter syndrome whatever it is introverted drop a hashtag passive observer in chat take that first step to networking within our community the simply cyber community is a very supportive inclusive community i i i strive for that and uh, i love it right there lj Northstar. good to see you now everybody sit back relax And let's get into the cyber news. I'll see you guys at the mid-roll, okay? From the CISO series, it's cybersecurity headlines.
1: It's Tuesday, March 21st, 2023. China led zero days in 2022. Mandiant released a report on the use of zero days in 2022. It found that use of zero days significantly decreased on the year, down 32% from 2021 to 55 zero days. Financially motivated threat actors use 75% of all zero days observed in the report. State-based actors continue to use zero days more frequently. China-affiliated actors exploited seven zero days in the year. Russian and North Korean-affiliated groups each used two, respectively. Of these zero days, state-based actors seemed focused on routers, firewalls, and other edge network devices.
0: Okay, a couple things here. One, um... Like, what's up to all you uh passive observers? I see you guys saying what's up in chat? It's great to have you here. Okay, guys, so a couple things here. Mandiant, uh recently acquired by Google for five and a half billion dollars. Um, you know, they are reputable in industry, and their reporting is uh gonna be you know informed because they have a a ton of telemetry um to uh, back up their findings now. China-linked hackers deployed the most zero-day vulnerabilities. A couple things I want to talk about here really quickly, right? So if you're new to the industry, a zero-day is basically an unpatched um, vulnerability, right? So like, it, I mean, not, hold on, that's not exactly true. Like, it's a vulnerability that the vendor doesn't know about, right? This is a zero-day. This is how many days the vendor has known about this problem and has something to do about it, okay? Uh, Zero-days are like, ooh, like they're very mysterious. They're very like, ooh, like elite hacks stuff, okay? And, and for good reason, right? It's like you find a uh, security vulnerability in software. Now, two things I wanna share with you. Just because you find a zero day or because they're exploiting zero days, yes, China, North Korea, and Russia, as they mentioned in the story, are f- tier one nation state threat actors around cyber capabilities. I, I shouldn't even say nation state threat actors. Nation state capabilities from a cyber capability, they are tier one. I also wanna tell you that Israel in the united states and probably the united kingdom i can't i can't say for certain the uk but like us and israel are also tier 1 uh, cyber capabilities okay so it's not just us and them um second thing i want to point out zero days guys <laughs> it's like this and i'm going to try to not make this a soapbox thing but listen guys like Vulnerability management is a grind. It's so hard to do vulnerability management for for many reasons, right? And then there's shadow IT or unmanaged infrastructure. There's misconfigurations. There's all this crap going on, right? So, threat threat actors, they don't need to use a zero day in order to pop you or or completely compromise you, right? There's insider um inside access brokers, right? Uh, there's misconfigured there's there's just you walk through the front door heck you can scan right now for um uh proxy shell or proxy not shell or whatever i can't even think of that uh and find it right now so you don't need elite zero day to pop organizations right the only reason you would really want to use a zero day frankly is because when you use it you're basically burning it a lot of times you're burning that zero day you're making it aware that that exploit exists and the clock starts ticking on the value of that zero day. The only time you really want to use zero days, in my opinion, is when you are going up a advanced, sophisticated defender, right? And Like, you know, whatever, like the U.S. Department of Defense or the NSA, right? You're going against something like that or like a high level politician who's got like a tight um, um a, a mobile phone or something, right? that's where you want to burn a zero day, because you want to be certain that you're going to get through all of these defenses. And a zero day, there's no defense for yet. They don't even know about it. Okay. That's the first thing I'll say about that. Second thing I'll say about this is that zero days don't have to be like lead hacks or stuff, right? Joe Hell, um, the mayor, aka the mayor, uh, over on TCM, if you go check his stuff out, he gave a talk at Wild West Hackenfest that I attended, and I actually want to bring him on Simply Cyber Live at some point on how to go find zero days, right? He shows you step-by-step step how to get a zero day. By the way, when you find a zero day and you rele- and you notify your um, the vendor or the software developers, you get a CVE attached to you, okay? By the way, personal fun fact, I have a career goal to get a CVE, all right? And if you have CVEs, on your resume, they absolutely will deliver more value. As far as a hiring manager perception goes, I I, I would argue over a four year degree, like having published CVEs that you discovered is incredibly valuable in the, in the cybersecurity community, right? Just to put that out there. So something to consider, okay? Joe Hell, go check him out. He, like his talk is, he's probably given this talk a few times so you can find it. And I'll bring him on Simply Cyber Live. I, I owe that to you guys.
1: Hanadabot focuses on DDoS. Researchers at Akamai published new details on the Hanadabot botnet, active since December 2022. Early this year, it began developing its own malware written in Go. This marks a continuing trend with malware as Go allows for it to be cross-compiled for different architectures. The botnet appears to target weak credentials and old remote code execution vulnerabilities, with Akamai finding it targeted some almost a decade old. In operation, it's executing an old playbook using infected devices to launch DDoS attacks. Akamai researchers said they didn't observe any specific targets for exploitation yet.
0: Okay, like, dude, CISO series never lets me down. Okay guys, like I literally, literally just got done telling you that you don't need to burn zero days because you can pop old vulnerabilities all the time or misconfigured systems. This story right here just said that this new Hintabot or Hinata bot is Go based, right? But it's popping default creds and it's popping decades old vulnerabilities. This is what I'm saying. The only thing new about it is that it's written in Go. And by the way, like, yes, Go is cross-platform. Ooh, it can run on Windows and Linux. Ooh, that was what Java's whole claim to fame was back in the late 90s, okay? So like, uh, Go's faster. I, 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 I don't know if Go's interpreted or compiled. Java's bloated, okay? So I'm not saying, like, Java should be used over Go. Go's much faster. But my point is, like, cross-platform, that's been around for 30 years. All right, or 20 years at least. Um, and, and they're popping old things. So just be mindful of this, okay guys? Like this is why vulnerability management is critically important and why you have to be consistent with it. And in this particular attack, all they're doing is popping boxes and then using them as um, bots in a, uh, a, a distributed denial of service bot uh, farm, bot attacks.
1: Vulnerability lets you uncrop screenshots. Both Android and iOS offer similar markup utilities, letting you crop and annotate images, often used with screenshots. Developer Simon Ahrens reported a vulnerability in the markup tool on Google Pixel devices back in January, which could allow for uncropping these images. The error comes because markup does not erase the original file before saving the new one. If the new file is smaller than the original, the trailing portion of the original file is left behind, which means it can still be accessed. The bug report notes many social media services reprocess uploaded images so that extra data isn't available. Google fixed the issue in its March security patch.
0: Cool. All right, so this is a good find. Um, you, You know, this was a zero day, right? I mean, they found a vulnerability. Now, they responsibly disclosed it and Google corrected it, so it's not an exploited zero day out in the wild. But this is interesting. So basically, when you crop a file... Um, just like <laughs> uh, a quick format of a file system, it doesn't actually overwrite or delete anything of the original file. It just changes kind of like uh, effectively, it changes the, uh, p- the pointer on where the end file is, right? If you get into operating systems and you see um, dynamic linked tables and file pointers and all this other crap, it's the same thing. It's the same reason why you're able to look at a dead disk and find deleted files and reconstitute them because they're not zeroed out. And this is why, by the way, in media protection controls in NIST 853, why there is sanitization requirements before you dispose of media. This is the reason. Now, here's the deal. This has been fixed. So at this point, this is more of just an interesting uh, news story than it is something that you need to worry about. But essentially, you crop a file, you post it, and then, or you share it, and people are able to... Uncrop it. There might be something in the picture you don't want seen, like your phone number, uh, like your phone number, uh, or you know whatever, like what what um what cell carrier you use, whatever. All I would say is, um, I probably do this myself. A lot of us take pictures and do stuff. Um, the only way to circumvent this, and I actually do this myself. Um, is like mark it up the way you want and then take a screenshot of the marked up. Like I just posted a picture on LinkedIn yesterday with my uh, PhD graduating class. And I did like the black bars, like the kind where you like anonymize people. I did the black bars on each person's face, except mine and Keith Jones's and then took a screen cap of that, right? That's the only way to do it because now you're effectively creating a new file, a new image. Um, So that's the deal there. Um, Jordan Turney wanting to know if this applies retroactively to photos prior to the patch. Um, yeah, I would assume, Jordan, yes, because if you look at the thing, the problem isn't the problem isn't in the rendering of the photo to the display. The problem is the actual image is still all there and all it's doing is pointing you to the cropped file. So this is an issue with the image itself. I think I didn't read the whole story, but I would assume that in, once you have the security patch applied to your device, when it takes the picture and you crop it, it'll actually zero out or delete this blue part here and then only return the cropped image, which is what fixes it. Uh, But any images cropped prior to that would not be deleting that. So yes, your, your previous photos are still, you know, at risk if you will.
1: Text to video gets closer to reality. The use of generative AI to create media has iterated rapidly over the last few years. Deepfake video technology brought concerns about how it could be used for misinformation. Then we saw the release of the first generation of text-to-image engines, followed by the glut of AI chatbots in the wake of ChatGPT. Now the startup Runway wants to take the next logical step. It opened up a waitlist for its new generative text-to-video model. The company also makes AI-enhanced video editing tools, and its Gen 1 model already can take existing video footage and use text prompts to transform it. Now, its Gen 2 model proposes to create video clips from just text inputs. Current samples from Runway are only a few seconds long, with an animated GIF quality to them, but does seem accurate based on the prompts. I think he
0: meant animated GIF, uh, but you know, we'll, we'll let it slide here. Shall we play? Okay, guys, so if anyone is not thinking this is the direction we're going to go, uh, <laughs> you're sadly mistaken. You should take your head out of the sand. This AI train is, you know, did you see the movie Snowpiercer, right? You know that train that's just, like, not going to stop, and it's just going to keep going to hell in a handbasket? That, that's, or, sorry, I know that there's a fourth-grade class that watches this. Uh, my apologies. Um, so, this is this is the direction. All you can do is hope to kind of harness it. Um they're going to be creating videos and content. There's already um there's already AI services that and I've used them before where you can uh send a uh like a a script or a text prompt and then it'll splice together a bunch of B-roll based on that. Uh if you guys had uh looked at the shorts I did like maybe 2 months ago where it was like news stories, that was that technology I was using. Now, um I believe that this will be new media content, so you know it's not like it's it's splicing up B-roll; it's creating brand new content. The fact that they say that it's you know low quality animated GIF, etc., um, you know, it's just going to get better. They're they're just working out the kinks right now. A hard G, a GIF. No, that's all right. You know, giraffes and gymnasiums—they they don't—they don't—they're they don't, not real. They're they're giraffes. <laughs> come on down to the gymnasium and do gymnastics all right let's keep rolling through the mid-roll here Shall we play a game?
1: and now a word from our sponsor conveyor does the thought of answering another security questionnaire make you want to beat the stuffing out of 32 pinatas then you might want to check out conveyor the end-to-end trust platform helping infosec teams reduce incoming questionnaires and fly through the ones they do have to complete Give customers access to a self-serve trust portal to download docs and FAQs. For any remaining questionnaires that do come in, use their GPT questionnaire eliminator response tool or White Glove Questionnaire Completion Service to knock them completely off your to-do list. (laughs) Learn more (laughs) at (laughs) conveyor.com.
0: Oh my god, I love I love the conversation and chat about GIF versus gift. I'm happy that we can jokingly argue about that instead of like crazy polarizing topics i also want to remind everybody really quickly i know alana's leading the charge on the uh the gif uh front uh tomorrow stay tuned i haven't been promoting this but i'm an idiot dude guys i have so much going on that i forget some things sometimes all the time Um, tomorrow we're doing a raffle. So be here tomorrow. We're going to be raffling off both a voucher for the GRC Analyst Masterclass, as well as, uh, Stuart Wedge's, uh, policy course. So it's really a GRC Analyst Raffle giveaway, uh, compliments of Alana and, and myself. Uh, so please, uh, tune in tomorrow if you want to win team replay. I'm sorry. This will be a team live type thing. Um, okay. So it's the mid roll. Let's do this. Alright guys, want to thank all of you for being here, genuinely appreciate it. If you're getting entertainment value, if you're getting educational value, take a hot minute and hit the like button. It helps other cyber professionals and aspiring professionals like yourself to find Simply Cyber. If you're getting value out of this, that means that other people could get value out of it. So please pay it forward by clicking the like button and helping the YouTube algorithm understand that, oh, there's 200 cybersecurity people in this live stream right now. Let me go find other people who are searching for cybersecurity content, all right? That's what hitting that like button does for me. Now, thank you, Barricade, for the support, Penopsi for the support, and XM Cyber for the support. I told you guys XM Cyber was going to show up a little bit later, and here they are. Really quickly. Appreciate the support, guys. Now, many organizations have misconfigurations, vulnerabilities, mismanaged creds. We just talked about um, that uh, Go-based language taking over default creds and um, decade-old vulnerabilities, right? You can't You can't really do vulnerability management well, so what can you do? Well, if you have cloud-based, on-prem, you got a hybrid network, you got your hands full, right? So XM Cyber actually introduces a way to address this type of exposure. So instead of looking at just the creds or just vulnerabilities and stuff like that, they kind of like bundle them together and make them into an attack graph so you can actually visually uncover hidden attack paths and security control gaps from your cloud to your on-prem so it's it's really the whole hybrid network and it allows you and this is probably the most important thing to prioritize and pinpoint the actual issues that are going to give your organization the biggest risk reduction if all the if you got 100 uh, vulnerable systems but they all go through one choke point and that thing's vulnerable tighten up that one choke point and boom you're all set right all right james mcquigan with a super chat, we'll talk about that in just a second. We just become best friends. Yep. Go ahead and visit xmcyber.com. Click on the link in the description below, and you can demo, check out their exposure management platform. Great people, good product. Uh, I, I've, you know, I've, I've, I've messed with it. I've demoed it. I've, I've validated it, validated. I've talked to their engineers. It's legit. I, I endorse it. Uh, simplycyber.io/newsletter. You got your newsletter on Monday. Here's a, a, a surprise, y'all. Starting tomorrow, if you are signed up for the newsletter, you are going to get a new newsletter, it's going to go out, now we're going to have two a week. This one tomorrow, I'm, I'm te- teaming up with a group called Codename Purple, and they are providing industry specific threat intelligence with on-action reporting. So if you work in transportation, or health, or finance, or energy, or professional services, You're gonna see this thing. I'm open to feedback on making it more valuable to the community, but stay tuned tomorrow, 6 a.m. in your inbox. I'm really excited about this new ability to deliver value to you. Now, Simply Cyber Community Challenge, we got this thing going. I screwed up yesterday. Peter Lee um, actually messaged me on Friday and said he wouldn't be here on Monday for Team Live, but he asked, for Sharice Lam to be tagged which she did so Sharice Lam if you're in chat please tag someone else and my sincere apologies um, on screwing that all up I'm gonna be honest with you guys I hope Sharice is here it's really difficult for me I've been trying hard and mods know this it's been really difficult for me to keep track of who is currently holding the baton for team live and team replay and there's co-mingling because sometimes team replay people are on team live and vice versa, and uh, it, it's hard. It's hard for me, so I'm not quite sure how to manage this right now. I'm open to suggestions. Um, Josh Mason suggested I assign someone to track it for me. If someone wants to take on that responsibility, please. Uh, but right now, if Sharice Slam can do it, and I'm not sure who the Team Replay person is right now. If you guys remember in chat who Team Replay was, I'd love it. Um, looking at the Sim... Oh my God, come on. The Simply Cyber Community Challenge, Um, um, I think it, Justin Gold had tagged, um, Peter L, I think. So if Peter, yeah, P, no, no, that's Peter Lee, who was Team Replay. Again, I, I'm really, I get, I'm getting confused between Team Replay and Team Live. It's very difficult for me to know who's holding the baton and do this live. Um, so we'll, we'll work through it. I'm not sure. Sharice Slam, please tag someone. I'll figure out who Team Replay is. We might have to revamp this whole, um situation um we might have to revamp this thing just to, to make it more streamlined because i'm really confused about it um so we'll we'll do that tomorrow whoever is currently holding it in team replay please go to the channel on uh simply cyber simply cyber community challenge and post it here's the tldr we're doubling down on this whoever is has the hashtag simply cyber community challenge and you can go on to linkedin and search on this hashtag and find the 15 people who have already done this, because we're building a chain here, go connect with those people and build your network. The value here is for you to build your network. Wizzle just did it on Team Replay, thank you Wizzle. Guys, build your own network, right? Like Simply Cyber Community is awesome, but who knows, I could get deplatformed tomorrow. I want you to be able to build your own network because it's so valuable. So please connect with people through the Simply Cyber Community Challenge and um, do that, okay? And I'll, I'll check people's messages uh, after after um, the stream. All right, finally, Tidbits Tuesday. Um, <laughs> I, I I don't really have a tidbit right now, I guess. like it, I guess it's a, a personal re- revealing that I'm having a tough time tracking the Simply Cyber Community Challenge, which is embarrassing. I feel like it's something easy to track and I'm having a tough time with it. So I guess that's a little, uh, Embarrassing honesty for you guys uh, that I'm having a tough time tracking this thing and I need help All right, so let's uh oh, and I want to say shout out James McQuigan. He's going to be uh, we will be raffling off two, um, GRC analyst master class and J- James uh, I appreciate you uh, Buying another course voucher my friend. Uh, I do believe you did pay it forward so we could use that one to do it myself, too um, All right, so like uh, Let's keep on with the stories and we'll do some jaw jacking at the end. Here we go.
1: Punjab internet outage goes on for three days. The Indian government initially blocked internet access in the state of Punjab on March 18th. It said the block would last for 24 hours as authorities looked to arrest the leader of the separatist Khalistan movement. The government subsequently expanded the ban for the following two days, now persisting into March 21st. Police justified the shutdown as needed to stop the spread of fake news and to maintain order. Punjab police say 112 people have been arrested following protests around the separatist movement. This outage impacts roughly 27 million people in the region. Access Now reports India imposed 84 internet blackouts in 2022, leading all nations for the fifth consecutive year. All right. Well,
0: I am not... Uh, well informed on this particular story, so I can't speak one way or the other on whether, um, this is an anti establishment movement or if this is revolution, right? Um, history is written, history is written by the victors, right? And you got to remember, like, one person's patriot is another person's terrorist. So the country of India, and, uh, there's been extensive amounts of, um, news coverage over the leader of india uh and who he's friends with and some of the things he's doing and i know that uh we have some indian uh citizens in chat and part of the simply cyber community maybe you could comment on this a little bit better but anyways here's how i'm reading this and and it's a word to the wise guys okay this is a geopolitical thing a a a regime in power an individual or group of people in power want to stay in power Like the fact that there's a graceful transfer of power in the U.S. president is like it's heralded as like an amazing activity. Like when when the uh, president elect comes in and the old president leaves out the back door in a helicopter, that's a major news event in the United States every four years or eight years because it's a peaceful transition of power. That doesn't normally happen. People in power want to stay in power, right? People with money and wealth and access and all this other stuff want to keep that. So when people with power are challenged by people who are trying to basically uh, re- revolt or um, change the power structure, um, those people in power typically do everything in their power to stop that. Now here's what's interesting about it: they are uh, looking for the leader of the separatist group. They have arrested a hundred and you know plus people, and they cut the internet to twenty-seven million people. This is what's interesting. Think about how interconnected we are today. Think about how we communicate today. Twitter is how you, well, not Twitter all the time, but Twitter, Mastodon, Telegram, whatever. These are the vehicles that we use for coordination, logistics, communication, and organization. When you cut the internet, you basically kneecap that capability. Now you can go to paper and you can meet up, but it's harder. You severely, compromise the ability for organization. Now, obviously I have to imagine this story title says cuts internet. So you're cutting the internet for yourself too. Now I, I could, you know, I could see like maybe emergency firewall rules allowing, you know, government facilities to continue to have internet. So maybe cut internet is a misnomer here, but it's just interesting. And it just goes to show you like, imagine if you will for a minute that you didn't have internet right if you were dealing with a really serious geopolitical situation in your country and you didn't have internet for you know for however long that could be pretty damaging duke norris wants to know if you could do this in the united states uh yeah you could ham radio for the win yeah absolutely yeah you could do this in the united states you could declare a state of emergency mil you know martial law right and we need to coordinate it now in reality um, Duke Norris, if I had to guess, this is a crude attempt at nerfing the uh, separatist movement because they can't do it any other way. In the United States, if it were me, right, if it were me, I wouldn't cut the internet. I would just do heavy surveillance on the internet. You don't want to stop People from communicating if you know that they're using these vehicles. No, you want to eavesdrop, commit espionage, get military advantages, right? Think about World War II, right? We, did, we cracked Enigma, or, you know, UK did. Thank you very much, Turing. <laughs> but the United States was involved on the side that had cracked Enigma, right? We didn't tell Germany, hey, we busted Enigma. No, we kept it cool. And then we started breaking their codes and seeing what they're doing. That's what would happen in the United States if I had to guess, right? Use a stingray to do a man-in-the-middle attack on or an adversarial in the middle attack on network communications from mobile devices, eavesdrop, espionage.
1: The issues TikTok security advisory. We've seen bans on TikTok on government devices across several countries in recent weeks. Journalists are also getting in on the action. While not an all-out ban, the BBC issued an advisory to staff strongly recommending removing TikTok from corporate phones. It cited privacy and security concerns. The BBC will continue to use it for marketing purposes. Not to be left out of the whole government banning trend, Russia's Kommersant newspaper reported the Kremlin informed officials to stop using Apple iPhones ahead of its 2024 presidential elections. Officials have until April 1st to comply, with one quoted official saying, Either throw it away or give it to the children. Wait, wait hey. a minute. What? Hold on. Did they just? Hold on. I got
0: to re. I got to. I'm sorry, but I have to hear the last 15 seconds of that.
1: Trojan hits and informed officials to stop using Apple iPhones ahead of its 2024 presidential what? elections. Officials have until April 1st to comply with one quoted official saying either throw it away or give it to the children.
0: Okay. This is really bizarre. Okay. So a couple things here. One, BBC tells staff to get rid of TikTok. Okay. So BBC, like the UK government, I believe has banned TikTok and government devices. BBC is a public, uh, you know, a private business that does communications and news and stuff like that over there. And they are telling their staff to delete TikTok from work phones, which they have control over. Now, here's one of the things with BYOD, bring your own device policies, right? You you can't dictate that you will delete this app from your personal phone. Just like it's a real challenge when you roll out multi-factor authentication and you ask people to install Microsoft Authenticator or Google Authenticator on their work devices. I mean, on their personal phones. And you're like, no. Um, So I I find this interesting that they're doing this. Second of all, um, they're still going to use TikTok for marketing. So, nice job, BBC. No one's allowed to use TikTok except our marketing department. So that's kind of lame. They probably outsource their marketing. So somebody manages their BBC at TikTok account, but it's still, it's still stupid and lame, um, that they have that kind of like double standard policy. Then they said, this makes no sense to me. They said you have until April 1st to get rid of your iPhone. You cannot use iPhones for BBC business. Um, that's really confusing to me, guys. With all due respect, Android is way more configurable and way more likely to get compromised than an Apple iPhone. So I don't know like, what their, what their position is on telling staff that they're not allowed to use iPhone. That actually seems to me like a, um, a misstep by you know whoever, the executives at BBC on their direction. Either that or it's being reported incorrectly that they're only allowed to use iPhones after April 1st. I'm not an Apple fanboy, but just based on historical fact of what gets compromised and what gets, like, percentages of compromise, Android's way higher than uh, iPhones. So I'm really, really thrown away by that. Just look for this. We, we just read in yesterday's news that TikTok might even spin off and do its own thing because of the amount of, like, upheaval going
1: on. Banking Trojan hits Latin America. Security researchers at Metabase Ooh. Q reported on multiple campaigns using a banking Trojan called Mispondu underway since August 2022. The Trojan itself isn't new, first spotted by Asset in 2019, able to be used for credential theft, acting as a backdoor and keylogger. The researchers found oh, it okay. using campaigns Thanks, targeting Bolivia, Chile, Mexico, Peru, and Portugal. The strategy in these campaigns involves compromising legitimate WordPress sites to serve as C2 servers. The campaigns use malicious emails with supposed invoice attachments as an initial vector for attack. The researchers estimate Ms. Pondu harvested over 90,000 bank credentials in these attacks.
0: Okay, quick update. Uh, Chat's telling me that it was two different stories. BBC reading TikTok and Russia saying get rid of iPhones. This makes sense, okay? This makes a lot of sense. And uh, I'm sorry for confusing people by jumping back into a story. It made no sense why BBC would make their staff get rid of iPhones for the reasons I outlined. Now, Russia getting rid of iPhones, that makes a lot of sense. iPhones are US based. Apple, everything goes through Apple. Apple's a US company. Um, Russia probably suspects that Apple's in bed with the NSA or with the US government in some capacity for devices that are in Russia or have Cyrillic keyboard uh, configurations or something like that um, is somehow compromised. And with Android, you know, you you are kind of abstracted from that or you have greater ability to look at the operating system, the Russian engineers, the Russian government, to look at the actual Android operating system and determine exactly what's happening. That is probably why they're pushing back on iPhones in Russia. Thank you, Chet, uh, for fact-checking me uh, or clarifying that. Now, Ms. Padu, banking Trojan targets Latin America. If you are in Latin America, be mindful of this. 90,000 creds stolen is not a bad, uh, I mean, that's a pretty solid number. Honestly, I, I feel like you don't see that many big banking Trojans anymore. This Banking Trojans used to be all the rage. Like Fin7, I think, was like a major banking Trojan type thing. Zeusbot. Um, there's been a couple uh, back in the day. But uh, a lot of these threat actor groups moved to ransomware because it just paid more. Instead of hitting uh, Subro Sengupta's bank account, I could just hit the bank, right? And, and straight cash, homie. So, but now I guess there's a resurgent Latin America's doing it. Um, here's the deal. Uh, by, by the way, like banking Trojan, like why not just do a, a info stealer, Google Redline line info stealer or raccoon info stealer. Those are popular ones. You'll see why just go for the banking creds when you can get all the creds and all the crypto wallets and all the sensitive uh, content. Right. So that's one reason why, in my opinion, banking Trojans have kind of gone a little quiet because Uh, why limit yourself to banking cruds, okay? But it is happening in Latin America, so be mindful of that. Here is a delicious process flow diagram. You guys know I love myself some process flow diagrams, little tidbits Tuesday. Oh, visually communicating complex ideas is delicious. Oh, I could eat this up. All right. So I'm not going to walk through this entire uh, process flow, but you can see it. It basically starts with a victim downloading a RAR file as an attachment to an email. So first of all, right off the rip, you're already, <laughs> poor guy or poor lady, like you're already screwed, right? Because you're, you're following poor practices. At this point, it's just detonating malware all over your computer. You've got um, persistence mechanisms, Um, hiding in the background, probably disabling security defenses, and then stealing, right here you can see InfoStealer, Chrome Outlook, stealing your banking creds. I would have to assume that it's stealing more than that. If you support Latin America, if you are operating in the Latin American space, if you have business units in Latin America, be mindful of this. Obviously, it's targeting quite significantly.
1: UK ransomware incidents up 17%. That finding came from a new report from JumpSec. Notably, the U.K. saw this increase even as it reported a global decline in ransomware incidents overall in 2022. This appears largely fueled from activity by the newly resurgent LockBit ransomware group, which accounted for over 30% of all U.K. ransomware incidents in the year. However, JumpSec found the Karakirk group focused more on high-value organizations in the year, while Vice Society focused on its education sector, the most targeted U.K. sector, in the year. Since November, we've seen many large...
0: All right. So just another report on ransomware around the UK. Clop, you know, Clop ransomware is up in there. Vice is in there. Um, You know, I I think that this report, um, basically the indicator uh, or the the direction that ransomware is going, and this is not a surprise, is less ransomware attacks are happening, but more valuable targets are getting hit. This is a little counterintuitive to what you may expect, because with ransomware as a service, you're getting way more threat actors who are attacking whatever, whenever. Um, But for the the tier one threat actor groups, they're probably tired of having to deal with Eric Taylor and Casually Joseph over at Barricade Cyber Solutions. Every day, I got to negotiate Bitcoin ransoms with you. Instead, dude, here's the thing. If you're going to spend... Let's say, like, just let's be real about it, right? Let's say you're a threat actor and you're going to spend 40 hours this week, right? So you get in on Monday and you crack just Ben's business and you get you kick off the ransom and you've encrypted all their data and you've X-filled. You're going to give them four days. You give them till Friday to pay the ransom, or you're going to exfil or you're going to dump the data. You're working that victim, right? We're 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 crushing Ben's business uh, until Friday, and we want to get paid for our week of work right? If we hit a random small business or whatever, maybe we get 30 grand, 60 grand, 80 grand for the same level of effort. Why don't we get half a million, a million, 1.2 million, right? Go for the big fish. It's you're, it's the same level of effort, right? So why wouldn't you like, I'm not saying go do it, right? I'm not, I'm obviously not endorsing or supporting or condoning criminal activity. But my point is think like the threat actor for a minute. They're just, it's just a person. It's, it's the same as anyone else, except they're doing criminal behavior. But dude, if they're gonna spend time, energy and effort, they want to maximize cash, homie. their investment, their return on their investment. So think like the threat actors. So this isn't surprising. Again, if you're a large business, if you have high revenues, if you're in the UK, You know, you are hopefully doing ransomware, tabletop exercises. You're thinking through, you're doing cyber resiliency. You're making sure your backups are not only uh, safe, but also separated from your actual, you know, main infrastructure, right? So you can't just do, you know, um, shadow copy, delete, and you're screwed, right? I'm not, I I know for a fact, I, 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 I talked to someone who worked the incident response on a recent, in the last month, major ransomware incident, okay? I can't say who it was or which one, but they told me they're like, yeah, there, there was no backups. Like uh, they had backups, but they didn't work. And I'm like, Jesus, man, like fundamentals, right? Just cause you say you do backups and you check the box and the the sysadmins like, oh my God, why does InfoSec, like I know how to restore from backups. It's like, bro, have you tested it? Have you tried to stand up a DR environment? It's a lot easier to deal with the pain and headaches in a simulated event than a real event. Because when the real event comes, if you haven't trained, you know, you don't know if the gun's gonna fire. You don't know if you're gonna get sores on your feet. You don't know if the boat is waterproof, right? That's why we train, and that's why you should train as well. All right. Let's do this. Let me let me do this. I I, I like this new guy. This is I think this might be my new. My new go-to music here. Sorry if I just blew everybody's ear out. All right, guys, that's going to do it for today's show. I want to thank all of you. If you were here just for the news, please feel free to peace out. Uh, Thank you all very much. Be sure to share with your friends and your network. If you get value from this stream, they probably will too. I'm here every single morning. 8 a.m. Eastern, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. 10 a.m. Eastern, Tuesdays and Thursdays. Until the summer... And then it will be 8 a.m., and I'm sorry, left coast people. I'm sorry, west coast people, but it'll be 8 a.m. Eastern forever after. All right, now, if you're here for a little jawjacking. <laughs> let's go, LFG. All right, let me just check my, you know, standard practice here. Uh, thank you, James McQuiggan, for texting me. Let me look at my calendar. I'm good to go. I have a sucky audio now, Jerry. My audio sucks. Wow. Okay, Carrie. I hope it works. I hope you can hear us. Thank you, Nick Barker. I love you too, buddy. <coughs> well, ye- yeet out the 10 Uh Let's see. Jordan Turney, was the G- uh, GBT4 bypassing capture story covered last week? I wasn't sure. Pretty wild stuff. I think it was covered uh, briefly. Uh, it, it, it talked about having a human do it. It was kind of like a proof-of-concept story more than anything. Uh, blazing Up, Five Cause, I'll be up at the time sometimes. Okay, and you guys can always be Team Replay. I try my hardest to make Team Replay as inclusive and as much the same as a Team Live experience as I can because it's important to me. It's important to me. I, I don't like barriers. Cool, Sean Washington willing to help you out. Jed Ray, my man, thank you. Hopefully, you guys, some of you attended my stream last night. Um, replay Coast, yeah. I attended my stream last night on reading net logs. I went through Wireshark and explained all that. That was pretty fun. Uh, my pleasure, Jed Ray. Randy Hamilton, have a great day to you too, sir. Eric McClellan, Team Replay, excellent. Thank you for the feedback. Just back on the cyber path now. Good day. You do. Yeah. Trying to think of uh, some fun stuff. Oh, um, if you guys didn't see, um, I released a video yesterday. Um, I'm live right now, obviously. Um, oh, but by the way, guys, the GRC Analyst Masterclass is on sale this whole week, 50% off. I know many of you have already taken it, but if you haven't and you're interested and you were waiting for a deal, because sometimes people message me and say, just tell me when it's on sale. It's on sale until Friday at midnight, uh, code spring break. Um, guys, this video is dropping tomorrow. After we do a Worldwide Wednesday tomorrow, I hope you can stay with us. Uh, this video is called Bypassing the Hiring Process. Uh, and I give you pretty much best practices, How to, what to do on how to do that. Dude, it's not even in this video, but I covered one today. If you have a CVE on your resume, cut the line, right? So this SOC analyst skill video, if you didn't see this video, I'm very proud of this video. This video has a lot of value. Okay. I got a little flack for the title of the video cheapest way to become a cybersecurity pro, but it's basically a free lab. It's a free lab that can allow you to do detection engineering. Uh, Jess Ben wants to know, is there an ETA on the video with Eric's blog on SOC? So, um, Ben, this video is his lab at a high level. I'm expecting to have a full video actually here. Let me start a like team, team, uh, jaw jacking here. Let me start a poll. I'm actually kind of curious what people think. Um, I'm doing a question here. All right, how would you want a lab walkthrough video? One video, 60 minutes, four videos, 15 minutes. All right, vote on this, please. Please vote on this. So. When I say 15 minutes, it's not like I'm just going to cut it at 15 minutes. But like, I could break the video up where like, here's us installing the two VMs and that's a video. And then here's installing the, uh, or here's like nerfing all the defenses on the Windows box. Then here is installing the Sliver C2 post exploitation framework. And then the final video is like, here's doing detection engineering in Lima Charlie. There's a logical way to break these up. I'm kind of curious if people would prefer one long video with like, you know, really well time stamped it out for following along, or if you would prefer shorter videos. Most people, I don't know about you guys, but like when I Google some, or when I do YouTube and I look and I'm looking for an answer to something like how to, how to install a piece of software or how to build a home lab or something like that, or, or what is going on with uh, Emotet. I, honestly, man, I look at how long the videos are. If I'm trying to find how to do something in Adobe Premiere, Right. And there's a video that's like two minutes long. And there's a video that's 12 minutes long. I just want the answer. So the two minute video I'm more likely to hit, but for something like this, where I'm showing you, you know, like I launch the installer and I click through every screen and I install it. Now when, when it got, when it does the load bar, I do speed the time up. So you don't have to sit there while it loads. It takes about, I don't know, two hours to build this lab. Let me know. I'm going to look at chat right now. Timestamps stick to one video Usually the two-minute video doesn't give you what you need (laughs) Cyber Munchkin like shorter videos. Give me some of that sweet sweet long-form content See you later, Nate M One video other videos on how to sock it up. That'd be good long-form with timestamps. Thanks Casey My man base case. Oh apologies to base case and NCC group. (laughs) I Feel like we almost got it at 45 minutes, but certainly going over one video with timestamps Windows 10 for this? Yeah, you can. That's fine. You're gonna rip all the security off the Windows box, anyways. And it's gonna, the way you compromise, it, it's gonna be the same. I'm enjoying your daily threat briefs and the videos. Well, thank you, Matthew Pelkey. Welcome to the team, Labs with Gerald Ozer. I'm down. Yes, Terrence Billingsley. It's, dude. If you want to see like what's going on and how I do this, this this video right here, SOC Analyst Experience, is where it's at. All right. So I'm looking at chat. Ooh, this is a hotly contested thing. Hotly contested. 55%. It's almost split down the middle on 86 votes. I could do both. I don't know if that's good for the YouTube algorithm, but long form timestamps with for the VMs rated download. Yep. Yeah, I'll put the links in the in the description. Here's the thing too. I didn't tell anyone this, but like I, I reached out to Eric Capuano, who who's the original blog poster, and I said, Hey dude, I'm I'm doing this. Like what do you say? Like um we I could I got the whole video, but like why don't you join me and, and I can like like basically kind of interview you while we're building the lab and talk through what's going on and your thoughts and, and benefits. So like I was gonna have like some Eric Capuano um you know seasoning dusted over this video. Can't do long videos, lol. Guys, I almost think too with the long video like Whoever follows these videos, this is not for, this isn't for like entertainment and chilling out on a Friday night and throwing on some YouTube. Like, you're going to be pausing this video a lot as you're doing it on your workstation, right? Like, it's supposed to be a detailed step-by-step recipe on how to build this lab. So it, it need, I mean, it doesn't need to be long, but you're going to be pausing it a lot, not consuming it like a typical YouTube video. If you release it together with links for each section you may get more out of the algorithm well you know what's interesting Tom youtube uh punishes you if I like a, a while ago I released seventeen videos all at the same exact time and YouTube did not know how to handle it and it punished simply cyber's YouTube channel significantly that that week yeah Lego sec. All right, Gabriel, good point. You don't want to go to several videos. Maybe I'll just make um three videos. This will be one of them. The long form one will be, you know, an hour long, and then I'll make a a 2-minute intro video and I'll explain I'll explain how to consume those two videos perhaps. Yeah, Boston Soup. I appreciate that. Um you know, I I do like growing the Simply Cyber channel, but like I'm not gaming I'm not just trying to like blow up like I I am I am trying to um, like I mean obviously put effort into the thumbnails and crap But like I'm trying to help help people Like my goal isn't to sell Simply Cyber at some point you know I hear what you're saying about liking more direct short videos that it kills me when I'm looking for something to find part three (laughs) Exactly throw it into a playlist yeah Hey Anna Lynn Hey, Anna Lynn. It's been a minute. Hope you're well. Mine runs as team replay. Love it. I hear what you're saying about liking more direct short video. Okay. Do you use TubeBuddy or vidIQ? Yeah, so I had TubeBuddy for a while, Allison. I paid for it. I didn't get a lot of value of it. Uh, really, the only thing valuable I got out of it was like tags. And YouTube doesn't really care about tags anymore because their algorithm's so strong. I have a, a trial version of vidIQ. You can actually see it right here. Um, and I like vidIQ. I'll, I'll actually pay for vidIQ. Multipart gives chance to process it. I don't know, maybe I'll just break it up and do both. Have the long form and the form. I mean, because once I do all the work, it's not that hard to smack it up into into, you know, whatever. I think it would be help if YouTube recommended less of your stuff that isn't out yet. It always gives recommendations for things that have a weak premiere. Yeah, you know what stinks, guys? Here's a reality. So I can't just have like a channel um, for the simply cyber daily cyber threat briefing. I have to create I have to create it in advance. And the thing is, I'm so, so, so busy. And in, in fact, I have someone help me, but like I can't schedule tomorrow's threat briefing today. Like, I need to batch schedule it. And YouTube doesn't know how to handle that. So, like, they just like, oh, Jerry's doing this next week. Like, I I have to batch schedule my daily threat briefings, or I I would go, uh, you know... Simply Cyber makes some revenue, right? You guys, you squad members help support the channel. There's ad revenue. Although I don't run ads on the threat briefings, I have sponsors to help pay for the threat briefings, thanks to... Panopsi Barricade, and XM Cyber, but guys, um, it, 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 it costs money, <laughs> it costs money to run Simply Cyber, real money, I was actually thinking about how much it costs a month to run Simply Cyber, so, so, like, I have to batch, like I, I can't afford to pay someone to schedule it every day, you know what I'm saying, so, Uh, Benjamin Middleton had a solid idea. What is that? I'd say long form, but if you're going short form, I'd copy Professor Messer's approach. Okay. Maybe release the long form first, then break it down into smaller vids, linking back to the long version. Thank you, Base Case. That's a very good idea. I like that. I like that. Anyways, the, the TLDR for everybody, the original question was, what? when's it going to be published? I'm targeting um, next week. Um, next week to talk with Eric... And the latest, the week after, for publishing. Um, All of my videos have been going to an editor, who I pay. (laughs) They cost money too. All these videos, any video that has like my big huge head uh, on the right, these videos, um, I have an editor help me with, except this one. But this sock video, I'm producing and editing myself. So it's not going to be as awesome. It's not going to have the jump cuts and the music and stuff uh so i don't need to send it to the editor which usually which usually takes a week turnaround time <sighs> okay guys that's gonna do it for today's stream it's 11 o'clock i got a boogie 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 uh actually if you don't mind uh i i w- let me just do a quick little promo for the um if, if you guys don't mind let me do a quick little promo for the um grc course so i can make it a short all right okay cool let me see this really quickly all right i just want to remind everybody until march 24th 11:59 p.m. the simply cyber school is running a 50% off special on the grc analyst masterclass this class goes through everything from audit risk assessment, security awareness training, developing policies. Not only does it have lectures, but it also has labs for you to get that practical hands-on experience. It requires no prerequisites. I do a technology primer at the beginning to make sure you have all the knowledge you need to consume the course itself. And as a bonus at the end, I actually lay out exactly how to get a GRC analyst job. So definitely go check out simplycyber.io slash courses. Code spring break, good until March 24th at 11.59 PM. Thanks so much. Alright guys, thank you. That's me doing a promo, so you can- (laughs) you can look for that later today on YouTube Shorts. Um, You can't see the white text under SC on the upper left. Um, Oh, that's okay. That's okay. It's fine. I appreciate it. Table Topics 101. Pick a title and talk about it for a minute. Have a great day. Ooh, I like that. GRC gone wild. I just bought it last week. It's okay. Yeah, Nicholas. Um, I appreciate the support. I, I I promise you you will get value. You will get value out of the course. Thanks, DP. Appreciate the squad support, DP. GRC. <laughs> I love it. Have a great day, everyone. Alright, I'm gonna I'm gonna giddy up on out of here. You guys have been wonderful. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow at 8 a.m. Reminder, we're going to be raffling off two GRC courses. And uh, one of those GRC courses is going to be bundled with Stuart Wedge's policy development course. So it's a GRC wild Wednesday. Um, I'm ending the poll. 111 votes. Hopefully there's 111 likes on this video. We're going to end it. It looks like uh, the long form contact has the W. But maybe we'll carve it out for everybody. and serve everybody's audience right gotta walk the walk if i said that simply cyber is an inclusive community i feel like i have to you know since it's right down the middle i have to support the long form people the short form people and the people who pronounce it gif ah (laughs) all right be good everybody we'll see you tomorrow morning at 8 a.m eastern time go out there and crush it until next time stay secure (laughs) Hey! <laughs>